You're listening to Mind Over Motherhood. Welcome to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast, your new favorite show for all things mindset, motherhood, and mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Curly Crew, a mom of twin girls, modern day nomad, and MD psychotherapist specializing in women's mental health. I believe that life is full of challenges that can hold you back from being the best version of yourself and living your most incredible life. Your mind shouldn't be one of those things. So listen in each week as I share practical tips and expert strategies to help you manage your mindset, improve your mental health, and be the woman and mother you've always known you could be. So grab a cup of something delicious and let's dive in. Welcome back to Mind Over Motherhood. We are nearing the final episodes of the podcast for 2021, which is absolutely crazy to me because it feels like I had just begun the podcast back in 2021 at the beginning of this year. And I remember what plans I had for this year and what I thought was going to happen this year. And boy, oh boy, has it been a wild ride. 2021 has been an incredible year. And in next week's episode, I'm definitely going to be sharing some behind the scenes updates of, you know, what's gone on for me in 2021. But in this episode, I wanted to re-release something, an episode that was really helpful for a lot of you from last season from season two of the podcast and that's what we're going to do today so we're going to i'm re-releasing how to talk to your family about your mental health and i think at the holidays this is especially important to review and i'm hoping that this will be really supportive for you i am having lots of conversations with women in my community about how to vulnerably share about their experiences during the holidays and i think that this episode is going to provide an excellent framework and some guidance for you if this is a step that you're looking to take in your life. And truthfully, I have to celebrate you if that is the case, because many times we have a habit of living behind a facade, right? We tend to put up a little bit of a shield around ourselves that protects us from maybe others' judgment or protects us from being really vulnerable. And what that does is it actually prevents us from authentically connecting with the people we love and with our family members. And so if you're taking the opportunity this holiday to bravely share and break the facade of like the perfectionism or the specific kind of mask that you wear around your family, I want to celebrate that and I want to celebrate you because it's an absolutely brave thing to do. And as we move into 2022, you're going to hear me talk a lot more about things like bravery and courage and confidence and leadership and self-trust and all sorts of beautiful things that we need to embody as women to really live in our most fully expressed versions of ourselves and really live a life that we are so proud of and leave a legacy behind. These are some of the values and the characteristics that I've been working so hard over the last few years to embody and I'm so excited to impart wisdom and a path for you to walk that similar journey and embrace those values for yourself. So in this episode, we're going to dive into how to talk to your family 
about your mental health. And like I shared, I hope this is a really supportive episode for you. If you have a moment, I would love to invite you to take a screenshot and share it with your community, with your social media following, with your friends and family. And I really want it to be somewhere um, that we can land, right? This podcast can be somewhere that provides you with a bit of guidance on doing a hard thing. And if I can help you do just that at the end of 2021, do something that's been on your heart, that has been hard, that you've been planning for, if I can give you any guidance through this episode to do that, then that's what I'm here for. So without further ado, let's dive into how to talk to your family about your mental health. Um, in this week's episode, I am actually responding to a listener question. Um, a few weeks ago, I had posted on my Instagram stories asking, what did you want to hear about on the podcast? And one of my listeners reached out and said, you know what, Carly, I would love some guidance around having conversations with family members about your mental health. And I thought, wow, that's like an amazing topic idea. And it's something that I actually talk to a lot of my clients about in Unoya Medical frequently is like how to have these conversations, who is safe to have conversations with, um, as well as a bit of structure and guidance around, you know, how do I disclose things in a way that is not going to put me, you know, at risk later. And really, really important topic. So I'm excited to dive into it today. And I think it's also really timely to talk about this kind of thing because I am going to be opening up my mental health membership. So at the time of this recording, when this episode releases, uh, will be the week that the Unoya Collective will be reopening to the public. And the Unoya Collective is my monthly mental health membership community for women that only opens to the public twice a year. And in fact, this is the second time it is opening since its inception six months ago. And the Unoya Collective is a very amazing, sacred community of women that has literally blown my mind since I created it. It has become such an incredible community of supportive women who are feeling so safe to be vulnerable and to share their information and their experiences and their struggles with each other, that the growth and connection that has come out of this community is absolutely Absolutely unbelievable. And so when we're talking to our family members or even some friends about our mental health, often we're looking for a certain type of response from them. Usually it's like support or validation or just wanting to be heard, or maybe even getting a little bit of sympathy because we're feeling really bad about how we're feeling right then. And a lot of the time, this is not what we get. And I think it really causes a lot of disappointment and can cause a lot of resentment for some women. So I think it's really timely that we're talking about this in the podcast episode, because I actually have a really safe community. If you are looking for somewhere that you can safely, you know, share your experiences, get validation, get support, as well as learn really important information about your mental health, and feel supported and empowered to put it into place, right? If that's what you're looking for, I am telling you it is open, you know, this week and you can jump in. And I think that sometimes we feel obligated to tell our 
family members about our mental health struggles because we really don't have anyone else to tell. And it can feel really, really, really heavy to hold on to all of our experiences and our symptoms and our thoughts and all of these things. It can feel really heavy to hold on to those all to ourselves, like all keep them inside. So ultimately, we feel sometimes like we are compelled to talk to family members or friends or spouses or any loved one about what we're going through. And unfortunately, sometimes they just don't have the capacity to give us what we need in that moment. So in this episode, I'm hoping to provide you with a bit of a framework for this sort of situation and some things to consider. Now, it's important that I mentioned that, of course, these strategies that I'm going to share in this episode will not apply to everyone, right? Like you might listen to this and be like, no, Carly, you're way off the mark with my relationship or this person that I talked to. But I'm using kind of my experience from talking to lots and lots of women and and putting it into a, a perspective that we can say, you know, this is a general approach you can take to these conversations um, and things to keep in mind when you are going to go and talk to family members and friends. So let's dive in without further ado. Let's dive in. Okay. So, um, most likely if you are listening to this podcast episode, you have tried to, you know, speak to a family member about your mental health and it didn't go so well, right? Like maybe they dismissed you or they went up to you or they made you feel bad or, you know, they were just so shocked. How, how could you, what will happen to the kids if they know that you take medication for your mental health or, you know, doesn't that stuff make you weak or aren't you going to be dependent on it forever? Like these kind of insensitive, albeit a bit ignorant comments that family members and sometimes even friends can make. And it's important to note that most of the time, I like to think that people are not malicious when they say these things. A lot of the time, I think it actually just comes from a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge about mental illness. But that being said, those comments um, can be very invalidating, can be very hurtful, and can lead to a lot of disappointment and sadness and resentment in the relationship. So um, if it didn't go well, like I want you to just take a little pause and forgive yourself for that scenario and maybe even send a little forgiveness and compassion towards the person who you spoke to and who maybe hurt you and look forward to learning some new approaches and some new strategies to having these conversations in the future through this episode. Okay. So, um, the truth is that talking to our friends and family, when they respond in a positive way, like a really supportive way, a very compassionate, loving way, or with a lot of understanding, it can really change how we feel about our experience, right? Like if we are given this feedback that, you know, like, wow, like, thank you so much for telling me this. This is really helpful information for me. Like, can I help you? Is there anything I can do to make it easier or whatever? That can really make you feel much more connected to that person and much more just okay with your own experience. It just makes you feel so much more validated and understood. And then on the flip side, like I said, it can make you feel absolutely terrible if people are jerks when you tell them about your anxiety or your depression or being on medications or your trauma, et cetera, et cetera. It can make you feel pretty terrible and it can make you feel pretty hardened towards telling anybody else in the future. So it's really important that we do, you know, think about how we're approaching these conversations. And I, and like I said, I hope to give you some strategies in this episode that will give you some guidance around them. 
Okay. All right. So if you want to read this information again, I also have, like I always do, created a blog on carlycrew.com that details this. You know, if you've listened to it, but you want to read it again or take some notes and you want to reflect on what I'm talking about, you can check that out at carlycrew.com on the blog. And it is called How to Talk to Your Family About Your Mental Health. Okay. So the first thing that I want you to think about when you are going to have a conversation about your mental health with anyone, right? Whether it's friends, family, your mother, your sister, your brother-in-law, whatever, right? The main first thing you need to do is ask yourself, why are you telling them, right? This is important. Why are you telling them? And when I say, why are you telling them? It's like, what is your goal in telling them this information? Okay. And this is a really important thing to pause about. And it's going to be a little bit of a gut check here and maybe like a harsh truth, kind of, I love you, but sort of situation, but like really ask yourself, what is your motivation behind telling this person about your mental health symptoms? Okay. Now, sometimes it's very innocent and benign. Sometimes it's like, you really just want to connect. Like you want to deepen the relationship. You want them to understand what you're going through. You want to share some vulnerable information about yourself because you're looking for validation. You're looking for support. You're looking for reassurance. Like those are all really, you know, genuinely authentic reasons why you want to tell someone about your mental illness or your mental health symptoms. And those are fantastic reasons, right? Like reaching out part of what helps with resilience in mental illness is actually having, you know, those people to support you and being able to reach out and, and disclose what you're going through in a safe and vulnerable way that builds resilience and that helps you heal. And that helps you so much in mental illness. Right. And so those motivations of like, I just want to deepen this relationship. I just want to get some support. I need some validation. I need some reassurance. I need some love. I need a hug. Like what are those, whatever those reasons, that's fantastic. But sometimes we want to tell people about our mental health for reasons that maybe aren't those reasons. Like for example, we want to defend ourselves. We want to say, you know, like I behaved that way because I'm really anxious. And sometimes this comes from a real beautiful place of honesty and just wanting to be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't call you back. Like I was actually having a really terrible day with my depression and I couldn't get out of bed. Right. Or I'm so sorry. I snapped at you and I was really irritable. Like I have been really anxious lately. And, and this is a really beautiful, healthy way to share this information, right. In the setting of kind of like, I'm explaining my behavior to you. Um, but let's not let it slip into like, I'm defending my behavior because of my mental illness, right? Like, oh, I'm, you know, I was really mean because I have anxiety and you just have to deal with it, right? Like it's not, it's quite different. And you can hear that, right? Like the difference, like, I'm sorry, I behaved X, Y, and Z because I've been very anxious lately versus like, I have anxiety. It's my anxiety. Like as your anxiety controls you or your mental illness controls you and you don't have any control. Okay. So there's a difference between why you're telling people or how you're telling people in that situation. And then sometimes we want to tell people about our mental illness because we're trying to make them change their behavior. And this one's a little bit of a red flag. So if you ask yourself, why am I telling them this? It's because I want my mother-in-law to treat me differently. Like just take a pause because we'll go into this in a little bit here, but we can't control how other people behave um, or respond to us. And so using this information to try to manipulate someone into changing their behavior probably won't go super well or be very effective. 
And then one of the ones that I hear from a lot, especially in my community, because I'm such a ardent mental health advocate, I attract a lot of people who are also mental health advocates. And of course, it's so important to change the conversation around mental illness and to, you know, reduce the stigma, talk about things more, you know, try to educate people. But sometimes the reason that we feel obligated or compelled to tell someone about our mental health symptoms is to educate them. And this, I just say, it's not wrong. Just do it from a place of caution because I'm not sure how you feel, but consider the last person somebody, the last person, some, or sorry, the last time someone tried to tell you something to educate you and how you felt about it probably not great, right? Like if somebody came to you and being like, don't you know that blah, blah, blah. Like, how did you respond to that? Probably not great. So the main point is that, you know, it's just important to check your motivations. Why are you telling them? Okay. Because why you're telling them creates an expectation in that interaction. So if you're telling someone about your mental health symptoms, because you're looking for reassurance and support, like be sure that person can give you that. And we're going to go into that because your expectation is that they'll be able to do what you need them to do. And I think that expectations are often like the root of all communication and relationship breakdown because we expect someone to behave a certain way. And when they don't, we get angry, resentful, disappointed, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So step one is to ask yourself like, why? Why are you telling them? And of course, these are not all the reasons you could be telling someone. Like maybe you have your own reasons and that's cool too. But just like step back, ask, why am I telling this person? And what is my expectation in this conversation? I think that's really important. Okay. Moving on to the second one is kind of following from the first one, but we can only control ourselves right? We know this, but albeit sometimes when we're having conversations with others, we don't mean to manipulate them, but we're like trying to manipulate them. We're trying to change them or their behavior. Okay. So in a conversation such as this, it's important to remember that we can't change how other people will react to us. We are not responsible for how other people react to us. The only thing we're responsible for and that we can control in any conversation, but especially conversations like these, which are sensitive and sometimes emotional and you feel a bit vulnerable, you really only can control yourself. And that's really, really important to remember because if you are telling someone something about your mental health symptoms because you want them to change their behavior and they don't, that's not going to be good. You're going to be very angry. You're going to be very frustrated. You're going to be very disappointed. If you're telling someone about your mental health symptoms and you expect them to behave a certain way and they don't, right, you can't change that. So just a little gut check here. You can only control yourself. And that's really important in these conversations and really all conversations, right? So I talked a little bit about that as well when I talked about meta perception earlier in this season and when I talked about empowered communication. So if you're curious to hear about those strategies, which are kind of my frameworks for, um, having empowered conversations and trying to avoid, you know, emotional conversations from getting derailed and, and being unproductive um, and even hurtful and damaging, head on back a couple episodes back. I think it's like the beginning of this season. I think maybe episode four or five, but either way, 
um, super helpful episodes there as well, talking all about interpersonal relationships. Okay. So check your motivation and then remember you can only control yourself. Okay. The third one, and this is going to be a long one. Okay. The third thing that I want you to keep in mind is that you need to pick who you're telling wisely. Okay. This is important. And there's, there's two things you need to keep in mind when it comes down to picking people. Number one, not everyone needs to know about your mental health struggles. Okay. And I say this with love. I know more than anyone how painful it can be to live with anxiety and depression and mental health struggles. I know it is very hard. I know that does not mean pumpkin (laughs) that everyone needs to know about it. Right. Because I don't know if this is any of you listening and please don't take this the wrong way, but sometimes we just really feel like we need to emote a lot about what we're going through. And we just talk to a lot of people about it. And maybe we're telling people that don't have the capacity to hear it. Okay. So this is again, another little harsh truth of like, be really careful about who you're telling your information to, because not only does everyone not need to know about it, but some people actually cannot handle it because while you're struggling, you may not know that someone else is struggling too, or struggling even worse than you. And that you telling them about how you're feeling and like, pressing your mental health information towards them actually could completely destabilize them or be too much for them. Just like that extra thing that is on their mind now, they're worried about you. They might not be able to handle it. Okay. This is important to keep in mind. I know none of you listening are ever sharing your information about your mental health, like trying to upset other people, but sometimes we forget that we could do that. So just a really loving reminder here that not everyone can actually handle hearing about your information. So it's really important to just check in and make sure that somebody has the capacity, the emotional capacity, the mental capacity to actually hear that information that you're telling you, that you're telling them. Okay. Um, And then it also follows that a lot of women tend to think that certain people in their lives should know how to handle this information or should know how to respond when this information is disclosed. So this is really common. Like we'll tell our mothers or we'll tell our sisters or we'll tell our partners. And we just think because that person is close to us, like they should know what I need. They should know not to say that to me. They should know exactly what to say to make me feel better. Mm, Just going to say this lovingly, not always true. Okay. Not everyone is going to know what to do to make you feel better. Not everyone is going to know what to say that's not going to hurt your feelings or that will make you feel validated and heard, right? Not only will they may, they may not know what to do, they might not even actually be able to do it. And this is a big hangup for a lot of people. And it's something I talk to a lot. Okay. Not everyone knows how to respond to a mental health disclosure being a conversation about mental illness. You know, you're saying, man, my anxiety, my depression, blah, 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 whatever you're saying, whatever you're talking about, super important stuff, but not everyone actually knows how to respond to that in a healthy way. And not 
everyone can learn it. Okay. So this is really important to keep in mind. And sometimes I hear from patients who are like, you know what, every time I go to talk to this person, I leave and I feel really terrible. Like they should know how to talk to me about this. They should know how to make me feel better. They should know what to say and what not to say. Mm. And I often use an analogy in this situation. And this is a really important analogy. Imagine, I suppose it's a metaphor. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it's a metaphor, a metaphor. Imagine you're on your like property and you have a well on your property. Okay. And this well, ideally, would provide you with water, okay? So imagine one day you're very thirsty and you go to the well and you pump the little thingy that causes the water to come out and no water. Or if you have like a really old-fashioned well, like the ones I like to think about, it's like you lower a bucket down and you pull it back up and no water comes out. And you're like, hmm, okay. Well, I'm still thirsty and I didn't get what I needed. That's annoying. And you leave. Okay. And then you come back the next day or the next week and you're like, man, I am so thirsty. I really need water. I'm going to go to this well and I'm going to ask it to give me water. And you put your little bucket down and you pick it back up. No water. Well, now you're like ticked, right? Like, well, God, I really need water. And this well will not give me water. Okay. And you leave and you're annoyed and you're frustrated and maybe you're resentful. And then you come back and a week later, two weeks later, back at the same well, bucket down, bucket up, no water. Now you're pissed. Like this well should know how to give me water. Why does this well not give me water? I come to this well for water and this water, there's never any water in this well. What is happening here? This well should give me water. Okay, I want you to step back and ask yourself, whose fault is it that you are frustrated and resentful about the well? Is it the well's fault that you keep going back to it or is it yours? Okay, and I really love using this analogy slash metaphor. I should know what that is, but you know, whatever. I use this because this is a really common way that women or people think about like people in their lives. They will go to like their moms, for example, and they will think my mom, my mother well, right, should be able to give me water, should be able to respond to me in a way I need to be responded to, should know how to make me feel better, should know what to say when I'm feeling low, should know, should know, right? And they can't. So they go one time and they're like, hmm, okay, that's not exactly what I wanted. Then they go back to this person and they disclose again and they share some information with them. And they're like, you should know what, to, they should know what to do, how to make me feel better. And they don't again. And then this repeats and repeats sometimes for years until there's so much resentment in the relationship because despite that person never, ever being able to give you or being even capable maybe of giving you what you need in that situation, you keep going back to them. So whose fault is that? Whose fault is it if you go back to an empty well for water? Okay. So the truth is sometimes we're telling people about our mental health and these people don't have the capacity to give us what we need. And in these situations, 
we need to go somewhere else. We need to find a new well. Okay. And we get really stuck on this. I see this a lot. We'll get really stuck. We're like, no, 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 but I should have a close relationship with my mom. Like I should be able to share this information with her. And I will tell you like, yeah, absolutely. Like in a perfect world, absolutely. You should be able to have that relationship, but you can't, or you don't, or that person doesn't have that capacity. And so we can continue to go back to that relationship, expecting them to change their behavior and learn things they can't learn or do things they can't do, or we can find a new well, a new relationship, a new place to get the support that we need in the way that we need it. Okay. And this is okay. Sometimes we feel guilty about this, but really it's okay. Right. Why are you going back to a relationship repeatedly that, you know, does not give you the support you need when you need it? Go to a new well. Okay, so I hope that metaphor is helpful for you because I find it very helpful. And I think sometimes we get stuck in patterns with people that we just keep going back to them and then we walk away feeling worse, but we never second guess or question whether we should even be going to them for the support that we're looking for. Okay, so just a little bit of a recap to bring us back. We're talking about how to talk to your family about your mental health. And so sometimes that means we can't. Sometimes that means we can't talk to certain people in our family because they can't handle that information well and or they can't give us the support because they don't know how, they're not willing, they don't have the information, they don't have the capability, you know, whatever it is, sometimes they just can't do it. So we need to be okay with finding someone new to share that information with, okay? So the next thing that you need to keep in mind is knowing how much to share, right? And this is going to be really individualized based on your particular self, as well as the relationship that you're talking to, the person that you're talking to, and you know how safe that relationship feels, right? This kind of goes back to the boundaries conversation that we had in a previous podcast episode. And in that episode, we talked about how to determine who gets a distant boundary versus a close boundary, who gets to know what about your life. And knowing how much to share and with who really comes down to your emotional boundaries or your interpersonal boundaries when it comes to this information. And sometimes the truth is we learn through trial and error and that's okay. Sometimes we tell somebody a little too much and they tell someone else or they make us feel bad or they hold it against us in the future. And then we need to learn from it, right? We need to learn from that and realize that that person may not be a safe place for our information. And so knowing how much to share, my go-to strategy is like a need to know basis, right? I'm not somebody who's going to share a whole bunch of information about sensitive things in my life unless that person really needs to know it for a certain reason. It's a need to know basis, right? Just because I tell someone a little bit about a mental health situation or a little bit about something in my life doesn't mean they have a full license to my entire life. Okay? So One thing I've encouraged people to do in the past is look back in the history of this relationship and reflect on how this person has handled sensitive information in the past. If they handled it well, they kept it safe, they protected you, you know, those sorts of things, it's probably a safe place to disclose some stuff about your mental health. If it hasn't been, or they've used it against you, or they've told others, et cetera, et cetera, made you feel bad about it, belittled you, shamed you, then maybe that's not the place. 
Okay. Maybe that's not the place to share that information. So it's important that you only share what you're comfortable sharing. You don't need to over explain anything. You don't need to give too many details. Do a gut check. How much do I really want somebody to know? Do they need to know about like every medication change? Like, do they really need to know that? Or do they need to know, you know, that I'm going through some changes and I'm working on stuff? Like, is that enough? Is that enough? Okay. So when it comes to how to talk to your family about your mental health, it really, really comes down to your individual self. And I know that seems funny because we're talking about talking to other people in this episode, but at the root of good interpersonal communication, it comes down to you and yourself. What are your goals in the conversation? What are your motivations? What are your expectations? Right. And then what are you responsible for? You're ultimately responsible for who you tell, what you tell to them, and whether you keep going back to tell them things. Okay. Now there's one final point I want to make, and I touched on it earlier. And it was about this idea of like, sometimes I hear from women, they tell somebody, you know, whether it's their mother, father, siblings, aunties, whatever, and they tell them something because they kind of feel the need to educate them about mental illness, big breakdown stigma, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I get it. So important, right? But I want to remind you that you do not have to do that at the expense of your own mental health, right? So you don't have to disclose sensitive information about yourself in an attempt to educate someone else, if that goes wrong for you, you won't be happy about it. Like that won't be a good thing. You're like, don't be a martyr for, you know, mental health advocacy. There are lots of people and lots of agencies and, you know, celebrities and lots of people in the world, people like myself who are advocating and who are breaking down you know, barriers and who are trying to reduce stigma. If you're not in the place to do that, you don't feel strong enough to do that. You don't have to educate someone. Okay. It's not your job. It's not your job. You don't have to be a martyr for this. Okay. So we've just covered like a whole host of my tips and strategies and opinions about how to talk to your family about your mental health. And the one thing that I do want to mention again is that sometimes we won't talk to our family about our mental health because as women, we don't want to burden anyone. And this goes for family and friends, right? And even myself, like when I've found myself to just be having a low day or in a really tough spot and I could really use someone to talk to, I could find myself scrolling through my phone. No, 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 no. Not because they're not good people to talk to, but because I know they're already dealing with so much, especially right now during the pandemic. You know, we've been through what's now, what, 18 months nearly of social distancing, a lot of fear swirling around. Like there's just been a lot going on that we are well aware as women that all of our friends, all of our family members are already really burdened with their own stuff. And so sometimes it can feel really selfish and not right to us to share about our own struggles or to reach out for help or to reach out for support. And I get that. And I see that. And in fact, this exact situation is part of why I created the Unoya Collective. It's part of why I created 
a mental health community because it is the space that is designed for you to be able to do that, for you to be able to unload, to vent, to get support, to just say where you're at, even if it seems messy and yucky and you don't know what's even coming out of your mouth. You're not sure, but you just feel like crap. And you could just use a safe space to talk about it where you're not going to be judged. And maybe you'll get some tips. And maybe somebody will just say like, man, I've been where you are. That is what the United Collective is all about. It is a completely safe community. Nothing leaves that community. It's not on social media. So it's not in a Facebook group, which some memberships are, and those are great. It is completely within its own membership community. It has its own separate app. And you can message between members if you want, or you can post on the news feed. And I'm in there. I'm in there every single day. We have challenges. We have monthly mini courses. We have guest experts. We have monthly check-in and connection calls, all part of the United Collective membership. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, man, that's what I need, right? Like in this last 18 months of disconnection and not feeling like we have enough support, the Unoya Collective could not be coming at a better time. I really feel like it was like divinely inspired last year or sorry, six months ago when I started it in roughly January when I started it. So it's, it's amazing. It is a beautiful space. You can come for as long as you want, stay as long or as short as you want. There's no commitment unless you sign up for a year, which if you do, we have some amazing bonuses as well, including branded merchandise. What, what? So if you're interested, you're listening to this, check out my website, carlycrew.com backslash membership. You can learn about all the details. The doors officially open May 27th. Okay. And there'll be some special bonuses. And I'm really, really excited to invite you and join you into this amazing community where I know you will get so much benefit. So I hope you have found this episode helpful. I would love to hear your feedback. Like seriously, sometimes I record these and I hear from people, they're like, this episode changed my life and that changes my life. I just love it. And I love providing you with information and strategies and mindset approaches and all the things you need to really thrive whether you're a mom or not, right? But really to thrive, learn about your brain and really do amazing things in your in your life. Because part of my mission is that I believe women can heal the world. And I say that in the podcast intro, right? Women, we are incredible. Like we are influencers in our day-to-day life and what we do influences so much. So if we are well, our families are well, our communities are well, the world is well. So we need to really be intentional about taking care of ourselves. And that's why I'm here. And that's why the United Collective exists. So hop on over, check it out and be sure to tag me. If you listen to this episode, take a screenshot, share it on social media and drop me your questions as well. Like if you're like, okay, I listened to your episode and I don't know how to talk to this person. What tips do you have? You know, let me know. I'd love to either jump on quick little voice note with you or even maybe even record a podcast episode. So I hope you had a wonderful day and I will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Mind Over Motherhood. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could take a screenshot, tag me and share it on your socials so I know that you're listening. If you have questions or concerns about anything I discussed in this episode or have ideas for new episodes, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. Catch you next time.